Welcome to Reteach, a place where professors know that student equity gaps can be closed and are willing to put in the work to figure it out. We are dedicated to our teaching and our students. We are passionate about improving our classrooms and our communities. We can make a difference. We will make a difference. I am your host, Bruce Hoskins, and my mind and heart are ready to learn. So what's up, everyone? So hey, this is going to be part two of what makes an ethnic studies class an ethnic studies class, right? It's like I am focusing on the five core competencies of ethnic studies. The last episode, I only got through two of the five. I promise you, I do promise this time that I will get done with the last three of these in this episode. I'll run longer if I have to in order to get done with these last three, right? But hey, so a brief recap, right? And so because when we talk about ethnic studies, right, there, there is a question, right? What makes an ethnic studies into an ethnic studies class? And so if your class is not doing like three of these five things, right, then it's not an ethnic studies class. And not only is it, do you have to do three of the five things, but you have to do three of the five things all the time, right? It's like, that is that is key that, that what ethnic studies is, is we are focused on ethnic studies, not just talking about it, right, in, in one chapter or even a, giving it a week or two treatment, right? It's like, we are talking about this process, ethnic studies, the discipline, we are talking about it the entire class period, right? We are talking about it not only the entire class period, we, we are also talking about it the entire semester, <laughs> right? And so that's that's a big deal, right? And so, and so we need to understand that. It's like, it, it, you, yes, you can touch on these things in all of your classes, right? But if this is not the focus, then it's not an ethnic studies course, right? But yo, core, core tenant number one, right, is to analyze, articulate concepts such as race and racism, racialization, ethnicity, equity, ethnocentrism, Eurocentrism, white supremacy, self-determination, liberation, decolonization, sovereignty, imperialism, settler settler colonialism, and anti-racism as analyzed in any one or more of the following, right, Native American studies, African American studies, Asian American studies, and Latino, Latina uh, American studies, right? And so we're, we we need to get those perspectives. There's other perspectives out there. Remember, right? And so, uh, but this is coming from the the CSU uh, website that I'm that I'm tapping into here. And so, um, but there's also Pacific Islander studies. There's also right. It's like I told you, there are also white ethnic studies, right? Um, and you know, I'm just gonna let that marinate for a little bit, but for real, there, there are such classes and everything. But remember that this is deconstructing, right? Institutional racism is talking about the racialization process. And, um, and if you don't take it from that perspective, this is not to, you know, to talk about more of white history It's talk about the deconstruction of whiteness. That's what a white ethnic studies class would be focused on. So just trying to help people out just in case they're wondering like, well, why isn't United States history considered <laughs> white ethnic, whatever, right? Is because it's not. And because the focus is not on deconstructing whiteness, right? And so then two is apply theory and knowledge produced by Native American, African American, Asian American, and or Latina, Latino American communities to describe the events, 
histories, cultures, intellectual traditions, contributions, lived experiences, and social struggles of those groups with a particular emphasis on agency and group affirmation, right? And so group affirmation, I, that would probably be another way of just saying like the uh, when people think about this, they think about identity and the identity politics. And so it's not just that, right? It's also agency. It's also emphasizing the lived experiences and the social struggles, right? Those, those are very real things to be uh, to, to be talked about is not right. It's like, because people want to, it's like, sometimes people, they get into that, that space of thinking that identity is somehow some way, shape or form it, that it's some shallow thing. Right. But it's like, no identity is, is the, is, is part of the motor that moves ethnic studies. Right. And so, but the, the, to me, the most important part of it is the theory and knowledge, right? The theory and the knowledge, right? Apply theory and knowledge, right? Produced by these communities. And so then, this is another space, right, where traditionally classes fall short because we are not focusing on the theory and the knowledge, right? It's like, look, if you are not going to drop ethnic study theory people into the space, then you're not teaching an ethnic studies class, right? You, yes, you can teach history. You can do all of those things, right? But you, but well, if you're not dropping our theorists into those spaces, then you are not teaching ethnic studies. And so here's the new stuff, right? And so then with number three, we are going to critically analyze the intersection of race and racism as it relates to class, gender, sexuality, religion, spirituality, national origin, immigration status, ability, tribal citizenship, sovereignty, language, and or age in Native American, African American, Asian American, and or Latino, Latino, uh, like I said, I'm going to say Latinx American communities, right? And so then this should get you super hyped, folks, right? If if because what this is telling you is that intersectionality is built into our discipline. And see, that's where people get really get caught up slipping, right? Is when they think about this is just about ethnicity, right? I told you that true ethnic studies curriculum is about ending oppression. It's about flattening hierarchies. It's about sharing the wealth. It is about redistributing the wealth, right? It, it, there is a lot of things about it is ending patriarchy, right? Things, right? A radical, I would even say, the redefinition of, of sexuality and who should be married and why the institution of marriage even exists in the first place. And look, I'm going to tell you, don't get caught slipping here, folks. I'm a Christian, right? And I still see the reason why we should be questioning all of these things, right? And, and and so hopefully that actually makes sense to folks. I am not here to bash anything. What I'm here is to talk about liberation and how we how we need to talk about these things in order to get to a bigger idea of liberation, right? And so then, like I said, this intersectionality should then um, really exciting for folks because then that lets us know. Right. That ethnic studies people always had in mind that all the oppression needs to end all at once in order to really receive true liberation. We need to we need to end all the oppression at once. And so that's why ethnic studies curriculum is going to have intersectionality. Right. And with that, if you don't and if you don't drop my if you don't drop a theorist in there like a Patricia Hill Collins talking about the matrix of domination, if you are not talking about that, if you are not dropping in these theorists into this space, then you're not teaching an ethnic studies class. Right. Because this, it's so different to talk about the contributions of black women. Please don't misunderstand. We could talk about the contributions of black women all day, but when we talk about intersectionality, we talk about how, let's say, the institution of slavery interacted on black men 
male and black female bodies differently, right? And so therefore the intersection of, of gender and race into those spaces, that's what can be the focus, right? Because, um, because black men, by and large, were not raped during, <laughs> during slavery. Uh, point blank, no if, ands, and buts about it, while black women, Right, experienced a lot, uh, experienced the the horrors of slavery very differently than black men did. Not to say that anyone's experience is any less or more oppressive, if you would, right? But for real, the bodies in those spaces are 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 having different interactions, right? And so, and so that's something that's really important to understand, right? That when we talk about ethnic studies, it's not just about talking about race. It's not just about talking about identity politics. It is so much more than that. We're trying to get to this liberation space, right? And if you don't understand that, then you don't understand point number three, right? Or, or core or core competency number three, and why that's even in there in the first place. But this is a purposeful road to liberation. If you want to get down like this, then you got to read uh, Pedagogy of the Oppressed, right? And, and be able to get down and really understand that when we, you know, when we teach in a way that isolates and we teach in a way that, that where only one discipline is the focus, then we lose the battle, right? We lose, well, we lose the war and the battle, if you would, right? Because in order to understand racism and how racism works, you got to be able to see it from all these different angles, right? And know that it's going to intersect with all these different things. It's not just some standalone thing. It interacts with other things, right? And so anyway, I'm getting super excited because this, I mean, this, this is my, this is my passion, folks, right? And, and hopefully uh, people can just hear it in my voice in regards to that. And so then, um, number, Four, we need to critically review how struggle, resistance, racial and social justice, solidarity and liberation as experienced, as experienced and enacted by Native Americans, African Americans, Asian Americans and, and or Latinx American, Latinx Americans are relevant to current and structural issues such as communal, national, international, transnational politics. Um, as, for example, in immigration, reparations, settler colonialism, multiculturalism, language politics. Woo, that was a lot. But let me, let me, let me focus in on this part, right? And that is when you look at ethnic studies, you have to bring it to the current, right? Honestly, if I'm teaching, when I teach ethnic studies, I start with the current and then I go back for the relevant social, historical, economic analysis, right? That needs to happen. Uh, in those space, the political analysis that needs to happen in those spaces, um, sometimes even the archaeological and the scientific, right? I mean, in the physical sciences and analyze things, take everything that you need to in order to be able to understand what's going on today, right? Like, uh, look, I'll just do something off the top of my head. Like, if you're trying to understand the difference between uh, black wealth and white wealth, well, first start with the book. It's a one-stop shop called uh, Black Wealth, White Wealth, right, by Oliver and Shapiro. This book is in the canon, right? You you definitely want to do this, you know, start in this space um, and then get the updates as you're going along in this space. But it's like it talks about how, you know, the idea of hard work generating the difference between white wealth and black wealth is absolutely ridiculous and is inherently racist to think that the difference in wealth and the wealth gap that white people and, and black people experience in the United States is due to things like hard work and determination and, you know, and work ethic um, and things like that. Right. And so, and so, and, and people, people can be as mad about that as they want. Right. 
I'm not saying people don't work hard or that the, or that hard work doesn't exist. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if we're going to talk about wealth discrepancies, wealth discrepancies in the United States between white people and black people cannot be explained through hard work, right? It it needs to be explained through structural issues, right? Institutional racism, right? What is happening today, what is current and relevant and what's happening today must be understood within the context of structure as uh, of institutional racism, right? Along with all the institutional stuff, right? The institutional sexism, um, institutionalized classism, if you would, for lack of a better phrase right now, right? It's like those things need to be at the center, right? Those things need to be focused on in the analysis because you cannot understand what's going on today. You can't understand what's going on with Black Lives Matter without understanding how the history of policing has acted on Black people, right? You cannot understand Right. You can. Uh, right. And so therefore, not only the history, right, but the politics and the, all the sociology. Right. It's like everything, all that stuff has to be included into an understanding of what it is that we're struggling with today. Right. Talking about student equity. Right. You can't talk about student equity. Right. The struggle of black and brown students. And, well, that's the that's the main focus that I see in the, the struggle of it. Of course, there's other student equity groups and they should be addressed. Um, and yet and, and at the same time, I can say with confidence that one of the, the biggest places to focus on with student equity is um, black and brown students. Right. Not performing at the same levels, um, not succeeding in college at the same levels as white students. This is a real thing. Right. And, um, and when we talk about uh, something like that. Right. That is very current and very real. You cannot understand that without understanding all the sociology, all the all the politics, all the, you know, all that, you know, right. All the the history that's going into that space. And this is why ethnic studies is interdisciplinary. Right. You you don't just approach it with one thing. You got to You got to hit something like that with all with all the disciplines, right? Because if you don't hit it with all the disciplines, you miss the whole point of what ethnic studies can do if you don't focus on all the disciplines, right? If you don't bring in psychology, right, into the space. I'm, you know, <laughs> maybe it was a Freudian slip to, to not mention psychology so, until so late. That Anyway, that was funny to me. But anyway, and so this is what, right, and so when, uh, with much love and respect to my historian, uh, brothers and sisters out there, right, it's like you, you literally can, we can talk about history, but that doesn't mean that we tie in and, uh, and you can even tie history into what's going on today, but that doesn't mean that that's the focus, remember, right? Like that's, that's the key part. We could talk about anti-Asian violence that's happening right now. If you don't understand anti-Asian, yes, anti-Asian violence is happening right now, but it's not just, it didn't just happen, right? White supremacy has been around since the beginning, well, actually before the beginning of this nation. And so xenophobia against Asian Americans has been happening for for at least a, a century and a half, right? At least that, if not longer, right? D depending on when you want to start the clock. And everything. And so when we talk about xenophobia, right, this is not some new thing that all of a sudden just sprung up. I mean, we already had the, we, it's like we had the 1882 Chinese Exclusion Act. We had the 1907 Gentlemen's Agreement that, 
um, ban Japanese people from coming over here. And so, and so, and, and, then, and then there's a ton of other things like race, like national quotas that, that, uh, were inherently racist because they only let people, uh, you know, bring in new, or, you know, they only allow people, uh, nations to send over as many people as they sent over the year before. Right. But the thing is, is that the United States didn't allow, uh, nations that had, that were vastly people of color to send very many people. And so even though it was supposed to be colorblind, right, it definitely had color connotations and it and it built it in, right? It was structural, right? It's the same thing as the grandfather clause. Um I'm not gonna apologize for the gendering of that. That's how that's that's how it was going, right? In order for you to, you know, to vote in the you know, in a in an election, you had to have a grandfather that was a citizen or something like that, and that wiped out Every single African American that was in the space, right? But then it also, right? It's like what people don't want to talk about too much, right? But um, it also uh, eliminate a lot of white ethnic votes, also, right? And so then when we talk about that racism hurts everyone, I really mean it. Racism hurts everyone, right? It doesn't treat everyone the same, and it doesn't hurt everyone the same way, but it definitely still hurts everyone. And so the fifth core competency is to describe and actively engage with anti-racist and anti-colonial issues and the practices and movements in Native American, African American, Asian American, and or Latinx communities um, and a just and equitable society. And so describe, that would be a historical representation of civil rights, right? But then actively engage with anti-racist and anti-colonial issues, right? This makes us part of the movement. Right. Ethnic studies is not just something that you just take to the head. It's not just something to stimulate people intellectually. Right. And that's something that, you know, that that we as sociologists. Right. Is that the sociology? That's where I have my Ph.D. is in sociology. But remember, my heart is ethnic studies. I have my B.A. in ethnic studies. And so the thing that I've always been hesitant with with sociologists is that they have a difference between public like they have uh, like this thing they say public sociologists and, and and whatnot and I'm like why are we all not public sociologists why are we all not in there in the mix why why do we have this concept called praxis right and praxis basically means to put your knowledge into action, right? Is that if you if you find out that there is an injustice in the world and you do something to fix it, right? That is what we as sociologists, I would argue, should be doing, right? We have a concept that talks about it and we even talk about agency and all of this stuff. And yet at the same time, there are a ton of sociologists that do not practice praxis, right? And so then when it comes to ethnic studies, though, ethnic studies, it is inherently a praxis oriented space is that once you get this knowledge, it is not enough to just receive the knowledge. It is not enough, right? It is not enough to receive the knowledge. You have to do something with this. You have to go towards creating an anti-racist, anti-colonial space. That is the core. That is what ethnic studies is trying to do, right? And so if your class is not trying to do this, then you're not teaching ethnic studies and that is okay. And so I'm not trying to pick on anyone. I'm just saying, right? It's like just, just to make sure that, that people are understanding, right? If, if, if you don't have the, these five core principles, you have to have three of them. You have to have three of these five, right? If you are not talking about that number one, if number one is, and, and that's where people, 
right? That's where people kind of focus in on. They, they, fo- they focus on number one and they say, okay, well, we're, we talk about that at least a little bit. And so therefore, where ethnic studies is like, no. Remember, one, you got to focus on this. It's not just, right? And, and I would argue that number one has to be in every ethnic studies class. You have to be able to analyze and articulate concepts such as racism, right? All those things that we had in that space. And remember, ethnicity is not the same as culture. And I told you that in the, in the last episode. I'm, I'm going to repeat it now, right? It's like when you use the word culture rather than ethnicity, culture isn't, uh, culture talks about, right, a, a particular cultural product or it, right it's like it's different right it's like material culture non material culture i get all of that stuff right but ethnicity we're talking about groups right and, and and when we talk about groups we have to talk about power and uh, and all these words that we're talking about the racialization process your ethnocentrism your right white supremacy you got to get the power you got to get the power how uh, if there's not unequal power dis- distribution how is it that you can even talk about liberation how can you talk about decolonialization or sovereignty why would those even be questions if there's not a power differential that's what's going on in this space right and so it's not enough to just talk about culture it's not enough to just talk about that race happens, right? Because that's what happens in a regular old history class, <laughs> right? Like straight up. And that even happens in African-American history class, Mexican-American history class, like any, uh, you know, just traditional, um, even an Asian cultural studies course or something like that, right? It's like, those are the kind of things that can happen. But if we're not talking about power and power distribution and how those things need to be fought against, and, and talk about it from the from the perspective of the people that are suffering from this, then you're not teaching an ethnic studies class, right? And so, right, and and, and that theory and knowledge. I mean, I, I think I said enough about that, right? It's like is is now this is the one that a lot of people they could you know kind of x out, right? It's like okay, well, I, well, we don't do the theory and knowledge part of it, right? It's like if you're thinking about like African American history class, it's like okay, we don't do the theory and knowledge part of it. You know, we, we're, we're not tying this into Patricia Hill Collins or, you know, Antonio Gramsci, uh, Omeo Wanan, racial formation. It's like, we're, we're not doing that work, right? And so maybe that is the one that you X'd out, but you've got to get to three of these, right? Yes, you're going to get number one and there's no way of getting around number one, right? But how are you going to talk about intersectionality, right? You got to get the three. So which ones are you going to do? Right. Which ones are you going to do? Which ones are you going to focus on? Because that intersectionality, remember, it's different. It's like you could talk about the contributions of black women. You could talk about Harriet Tubman and all of that stuff and still not really talk about intersectionality. And hopefully I made that made sense. Right. It's like intersectionality. We're talking about power. How does power act in these different spaces? Now I just thought of another one. It's like, look, it's one thing to talk about the gender wage gap. It's one thing to talk about the racial wage gap. Is one is another thing to talk about the gender wage gap. It's a whole other thing to talk about the gender way, the gender race, the race gender wage gap, right? It's a whole different thing to talk about that. And so that's what we're talking about, right? When we talk about intersectionality, it's not enough to just talk about, like I said, black women, Asian women, right? And, and things like that. We got to talk about that power and how it interacts on different people's bodies and different people's right there there's social locations and social statuses and stuff like that right but maybe that's not the one that you use but look there's only two more now <laughs> right you got to critically analyze the struggle resistance rate right and and and, uh, and 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 bring it into the the, the structural issues right current relevant to current and structural issues right it's like look 
I'm not going to lie. Whenever I, you know, taking my African-American history class, we didn't spend a whole bunch of time talking about the current, even in the, you know, the second half of the African-American history class. We got to a certain space, but it was like, but are these, what, where, where is the, the, like I said, the currency of Black Lives Matter? Of course, all the stuff isn't out in regards to COVID-19 and everything, right? It's like, look, we could do that and talk about, you know, differential impact on, on black um, on black and brown folks in those spaces. We could talk about that, right? But you also have to understand that this is not something that's new, right? And, and so that's where the history comes in. That's where the political analysis comes in. That's where all the other, right? It's like, you got to take it all. You got to put it all in that space and understand, right? And, and get to those spaces. And then, um, and like I said, if you're not putting this thing to work, and to me, number five is a must also, that, right? It's like where you have to actively engage with anti-racist, anti-colonial issues, right? You got to put your praxis into practice. You got, you got to do something with the knowledge. You can't just take it to the head. You got to actually do something. And so if you're not doing something with it, then it's not ethnic studies. And so hopefully, right now, if when we're listening, well, you're not listening to me. I'm just reading off <laughs> and, and adding my, you know, and adding my emotion, if you would, and some of my analysis into uh, these five core competencies that are that already exist in these spaces, right? So you don't have to believe me. Just read them yourself, and then you know Google <laughs> or look up any of those other terms or whatever, and you'll you'll come to the same spaces, right? That I've come to, right? And so then, hopefully, this literally puts to rest what is an ethnic study class, right? And what should the focus be, right? Hopefully, this puts all of that to rest because now, right, with the next part. Now I'm going to focus on the teaching. What does the teaching look like in this space? Because the teaching is also revolutionary, right? It is a paradigm shift and hopefully one that this nation is ready for, right? It is a paradigm shift, but that paradigm shift is not just with the curriculum. It's also with the teaching. And so that'll be the focus of my next episode, folks. And so that's a wrap for this one. I hope you learned something. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reteach. If you want to learn more about me or my open source introduction to sociology textbook, please go to brucehoskins.com. In closing, I want to leave us all with a question. If you learned something today that you think would help close your student equity gaps, how long will it take to incorporate this into your classroom? A year? A semester? Next month? Today? No matter the timetable, we must commit ourselves to becoming better teachers. Our students deserve it, all of them, not just the ones that are good already.